0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It's been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games out there that we can spend our hobby time and hobby dollars on. And man, it leads to a serious case of not knowing what to play next. And I guess that's the purpose of this podcast. It's to talk to my friends about the games that they're playing, to talk about big industry events that are happening, and talk to the people who create these games. Now, not too long ago, uh, we ventured down the old Bolt Action path, as that's one of my favorite games to play. And our old buddy Peter West came on, and we talked about where we can find the models for some of our lesser-known units be it in major nations and minor nations in bolt action. And we got a lot of feedback from that. Thank you to everyone who reached out to say they really enjoyed those episodes. And it led to a lot of suggestions for future episodes. And one of the suggestions was one that we already had in the works. However, uh, due to uh, COVID lockdowns in Australia and everything else that has been going on, which has kind of thrown scheduling... All over the joint, we are finally coming back to the follow-up of that episode, which is why this is not coming out as a Ghost Army podcast episode, although it is two members from the Spooky cast itself. We are going to talk about the French Foreign Legion today. And if we're going to talk French Foreign Legion, there are some people who should definitely be involved with this, but I would be hard-pressed... To think of a man that I would rather talk French Foreign Legion with than the author of Fortress Budapest, the the man, the myth, the legend from BAA slash everywhere else, Brian Cook. Welcome to Cast Dice. Hey Brad, how are you? Good, brother. It's good to see you. It's good to talk to you again. It's been ages, even though you know Sydney's not too far from Melbourne. These days it feels like we're an eternity apart, right? Mate, it's just
1: good talk to to talk to anyone at the moment. I've been in lockdown here for nearly three months. I haven't seen many people, so <laughs> this is actually the some of the most contact I've had with another human outside my house for a while. <laughs> oh,
0: brother, you are preaching to the choir on that one. Cast Dice keeps me quote unquote sane, just because it forces me to talk to people about something fun for an hour every week, and uh, it goes a long way. But Brian, you are a longtime French player. Can you tell us a little bit about your love of the French and some of the French projects that you have in your case? Because you've got some great stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I found myself collected, collecting a few versions of forces mm-hmm. from, from the French. Uh, I, I was just always attracted to the kind of exotic stuff they had too, like their colonial troops specifically. So um, over the years, I've ended up collecting... Uh, a colonial force that's probably most appropriate for uh, early war stuff in campaigns in the North African sort of setup and Syria so desert colonial troops with like Senegalese tirailleurs with the. Um, the cool hats and oh, foreign yeah. legion foreign legionnaires and all their wacky armored cars and um, vintage World War one gear um so that was I think that was the second bolt action army I collected just because they were so different and interesting to paint uh and then I've got uh I guess what you term a late war French force so that's um for the Italy campaign in about 1943 44 and that's that's all all the colonial troops again but they've been re-equipped with American gear like all second-rate American gear anyway Mm -hmm. so they have got a real mishmash of uniforms and helmets from mixture of French British and American and then Uh, a lot of old light armored cars and tanks from the americans Mm -hmm. and um that's all using the army list from the battle of the bulge book in the back of that so that's cool Mm -hmm. and then i've got a third french army which is probably my fave and that's pure french foreign legion um and that's from the 1942 north africa campaign so and they're mostly equipped by british so they've got like a an eighth army sort of look but they've all got their kepi hats Mm -hmm. and french french gear and a um, a couple of unique armored cars and stuff and they're they're a really tough um little army to play against they're fun
0: yeah man i've seen you play with those several times in fact you once flew to an event in melbourne where run those guys
1: yeah yeah i came down with that first colonial sort of vichy army um and i've taken the foreign legion the sort of the north african campaign legionnaires they came to cancon one year in 2017 i think might have mm-hmm. been um and I even, I even wore a, a white kepi, which is their distinctive legionnaire's cap and dressed up in almost full gear to play that because it was suitably hot in Canberra in oh, the middle of January. So It always is. It had realistic uh, feel to it.
0: <laughs> a little bit more humid, though, uh, especially when you're caught in the giant tin shed that is uh, epic. Uh, what is it? The, the Canberra Convention Center. That That's yep. uh, a little bit like a sweat box. Today, we are here to talk about, uh, notably what you were just discussing then, the French Foreign Legion. Now, we did talk about a lot of alternative French models outside of, you know, the standard warlord models uh, in the miniatures of the, I believe it was the Minor Powers episode that we did um, with Pete West, where we talked about where you can find the models to play the armies that you want in a slightly less conventional way so that not everyone's army looks exactly the same on the tabletop. One of the reasons that we did not cover the French Foreign Legion in that was because we were planning to actually cover the French Foreign Legion in a little bit of depth. Now, I'm going to let Brian explain why we're not going to do all the research on this, but having looked around, there is just oodles of history around the French Foreign Legion. They have such a rich history having taken place in conflicts across the world and being made up of troops from, I believe, 140 nations at times. Just to go a little bit about what the for- French Foreign Legion is, though, or the FFL, was uh, established in 1831, and it is a French army unit uh, or a military unit that is it, that or was supposed to be entirely made up of non-Frenchmen. And the object or I guess the purpose of the, the army was that if you served for a number of years, um, you could earn French citizenship by being part of that. But of course, some French people have joined that as well. Um, it is a unit of very high regard. It's got a strong esprit de corps and a very distinctive dress. And during World War II in particular, there was uh, a really interesting phenomenon that occurred with that. In that we actually, and spoilers for later in the episode, saw French Foreign Legion forces fighting on both sides of the war, which isn't necessarily the rarest thing, but they ended up fighting against each other, far from home, which is very rare. Brian, can you get into a little bit more about the French Foreign Legion? Because it is a fascinating, uh, both unit and the actions they have been in are pretty incredible
1: yeah i mean there's i don't think there'd be many listeners who wouldn't be aware at least of what what the legion is um i mean i'm not a historian so i'm not going to caveat that right now and say (laughs) i'm just a enthusiastic um hobbyist and i found that the history for these guys was really inspiring and maybe just want to collect and paint armies and play them on the table because of that um they have a very like tough reputation Mm -hmm. from being thrown into these you know these really tough bad positions I guess and been expected to to hold out um it's kind of the myth and it's kind of reality as well so they're quite an interesting you know force of rogues and renegades and Mm -hmm. you know miscreants and this unwanted sort of or manpower that can be placed in very tough spots and expected to sort of hold out Um, so I think just focusing on around the World War II era, what the Legion um, was experiencing as opposed to its whole history, I think it's, it's pretty interesting and complex in the late 1930s because there's a lot of wars going, leading up to World War II and a lot of um, you know unrest in Europe. So there's a lot of recruits that are fleeing either German expansion into the, the, the surrounding countries around Germany. A lot of refugees are leaving. are joining the legion there's a lot of Germans themselves like left-leaning Germans who don't who will be persecuted under the Nazis are leaving and joining the foreign legion as sort of a refuge or a way to fight fight against them eventually Um, and the Spanish Civil War has has concluded not long before World War II and there's a lot of Republican which are the communist or left side um, ex-soldiers from that conflict who have joined the foreign legion as well Um, but to complicate things uh, a little bit further, there's even a lot of Germans who have joined the Legion um, at the behest of the Nazi regime as well to kind of undermine it and and, and fill it with full of Germans so that when war came, they could um, potentially turn the unit. French intelligence is aware of this. So they understand that there's a lot of German recruits whose loyalty is very suspect and they start managing that by um, sort of. When war breaks out with Germany itself, they move all the suspect German sort of personnel into sort of remote outposts in the desert. And they only bring back to France and the European campaigns the sort of really loyal Germans who've proven their service for many years in the Legion already, and they don't have to worry about their loyalties. So the the, the Legion's pretty divided at the start of the war and and it's quite complex already before a shot's being fired. So that's that's interesting. Um, for a bolt action player, there's probably, I would say there's there's at least four to five distinct forces you could collect as a hobbyist just uh, based around the Foreign Legion and the different conflict, com, conflicts and campaigns they're involved in too mm-hmm. throughout the whole war, um, which is cool because if you look at bolt action itself, the Foreign Legion are only taking up one unit slot.
0: Right. And I was going to say that for someone for forces that took place in so many varied conflicts. And we're going to talk about, as you say, those four big areas that you can theme armies around. Of course, there's additional, but we're just going to cover four today. Uh, If we go to the armies of France and the Allies on page 14, we have an entry for the Foreign Legion Veteran Infantry Section. And that is what we are going to be building a majority of our forces around today, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's
0: all a right. really, really simple,
1: simple setup of
0: mm-hmm.
1: veteran infantry that we all know and love. They just got rifles. I think the you know the NCO can have an SMG, and mm-hmm. there's a light machine gun team option. I think there can be up to twelve men. Is that right? The squad size is quite a decent if you want it to be big.
0: Eleven. Uh, uh, sorry, it is 12. Uh, yeah. Because it's uh, so that's the unit is the NCO and five, sorry, and four men, so we get five plus six additional soldiers can have rifles. Uh, so that's 14 points because, and we'll talk about why they're one point more expensive than usual veteran troops in a second. But then there's an additional soldier that can be armed with a pistol for 10 points. So you can have up to 12. Um, now, interestingly, the pistol soldier, which you can upgrade to be the SMG guy, as you mentioned, is not the NCO in that unit. It's actually, weirdly, the loader for the light machine gun. And it is. it says, specifically, the pistol SMG armed soldier, if present, is always the loader for the LMG. And then you can upgrade one of the riflemen to have a VB launcher for 20 points.
1: Nice. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be your standard setup for... I think it's about three quarters of the forces you'll collect Mm -hmm. for a foreign Legion force. It's, it's the pre-war equipment, um, and early war campaign equipment. Um, And later on, there's some specific campaign books, which update this squad listing for more modern equipment in from about 1942 onwards, but we'll talk about those later. Exactly. The main thing. Yeah. The main thing to keep in mind is with the foreign legions, what makes them interesting is they've got the stubborn special rule. That's right. Um, and that represents, yeah, that just tenacious, um, nature and like this pride and, and inability to want to give in. Um, and it's actually quite a cool rule. It, it means that, uh, it doesn't matter how many pins you take. So um, if forced forced to take
0: a morale check to be, because you've been reduced to half strength, they always test on their full morale value. Ignoring any pin markers. And if you've ever played an airborne player, this has come in, I'm sure, because I play Lee Avery enough to know that when I play British paratroopers, it just it's really hard to get rid of them through just attrition because they are always testing on their full morale. You no matter the pins you do to them, you just can't play the pin game in that regard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then morale is 10. So, you know, rolling two dice and getting a 10 or less is pretty. Pretty common. They're very hard troops to shift. They don't have many. They don't have fancy equipment, and they don't have any other special rules usually. But they're they're really tough troops you can rely on. Exactly, and um, because
0: they have stubborn, they are one point more than your standard veterans. As I said, so instead of being thirteen hmm. points per man, they're fourteen points per man. So Brian, let's talk a little bit. I mean, normally, this would be the time where we start talking about well, what were some of the other what was some of the other gear that these guys had in particular conflicts. Hmm. But since we're talking about four separate conflicts, let's start with Norway, shall we? From what I understand, the soldiers that were being sent to Norway, the French Foreign Legion soldiers, were actually originally being sent to Finland uh, to assist in the Winter War. And then because that conflict ended... Uh, and they were in the neighborhood, and Germany had already invaded on. If I'm getting my history right here, they were rerouted, uh, and they actually then took part in the combined arms forces that were battling Germany in Norway. Am I getting that right?
1: Yeah, so the the the, the, the foreign legionnaires who met who, that contingent, um, because they were part of a larger force, but the foreign legion contingent that went to Norway as part of that expedition were um, a unit called the 13th Demi Brigade of mm-hmm. the legion. So that was made up of two battalions of legionnaires and they were special because they were volunteers. They had been, um, they put themselves forward to go on that expedition from across all the units, uh, all the foreign legion units in North Africa, a call was made for anyone who wanted to volunteer to go fight. And they screened all the German members and made sure that they were really proven legionnaires and not going to be suspect. Um, And ended up with two battalions of these guys. They sent them to France to re-equip them with skis and winter gear to go to Finland, like you say. And um, they ended up going to Norway to stop the iron ore um, being exported from Sweden through Norway to Germany. Because this is like one of Winston Churchill's sort of characteristic naval infantry landing expeditions he loved doing. the the Foreign Legion fought pretty well against all the German forces, especially some Gebirgsjäger and some of the mountain troops up there in the snow mm-hmm. and actually pushed them back um, from their landings, the German landings. But then um, the Battle of France began when this was happening. So France recalled the whole all their manpower and gear from that expedition to come back to defend the homeland. So um they the 13th Demi Brigade was pretty happy with how they went and the morale was quite high. They done well, but they got recalled. Um, as obviously, as France was being invaded.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if but- we are looking specifically at the Norwegian campaign, if you're looking to represent that on the table, as in French Foreign Legion, Legionnaires wearing cold weather gear, Gorgon Miniatures makes five sets of blisters: officers, NCO, machine gun teams, and then uh, three separate blisters of riflemen in uh, different types of jackets and anoraks. There's, there's actually a fair bit of variety that you can you can actually uh, use when fielding this, right?
1: Yeah, and um, they're, they're great miniatures. They're so nice. I think they're, they're Mike Owen sculpts, the guy who does artisan designs too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're beautiful models. Um, the cool thing, and you'll see as this reoccurs, is most of these forces where you're focusing on foreign legion, they also do allow quite a bit of um, mixing in other units that they were in a formation with, it's pretty rare to have just p- pure foreign legion um, because they were usually part of an expedition. So for instance, this this Norway expedition force, you can include Norwegians themselves, um, some some British um, and, and some French, um, other French troops like the, the Al- their Alpine troops and things like that, plus tanks and small vehicles. So I think Gorgon does a whole range around that so they you do. can get your legionnaires as the core and then add a few other allied units and um i think there's also in one of the campaign books there is a theater list for this force so i'm pretty sure it's, it's in a... germany strikes or something yes, like that i believe it is yeah so you can have a mixed like an inter-allied like a mixed allied uh force there which is interesting as well but yeah definitely gorgon is the way to go for that i don't know if there's any others at all that make
0: miniatures for that really specific gear that the legion wore in the snow there now, what would you add to that force uh, besides the basic Legion squads? Were there any particular vehicles that they may have used, uh, given that it was still so early in the war?
1: Yeah, I think there's some there's some French light tanks. I don't know which one exactly because I haven't collected. This is one of the forces I have not collected myself, no. but I'm pretty sure there was at least one or two types of the French light tanks with them, but I don't think it's a very vehicle heavy force. It's right. It's because of the terrain as well. It's very mountainous and snowy and, And they're an amphibious landing so i think it's mostly infantry and and crude weapons um and then the cool sort of factor comes from having a mix of nations so you could have some norwegian troops and some british troops and stuff like that
0: yeah man that would make for a really original looking force on the tabletop and you can even Mm. mix in norwegians as well and yeah, yeah i mean if if you don't want to paint the same color scheme on every model in your army, that is an awesome opportunity to really mix up what you're doing, because though you're going to be painting a lot of white, there is also a nice mix of uh, uniform colors to put in there. So yeah, it's cool, man.
1: Absolutely. And the the interesting thing about history-wise, this unit, this 13th Demi Brigade, is they actually, their journey continues on and they become the focus of uh, another one of these forces you can collect in a completely different setting and has a completely different play style um, because they actually as they get withdrawn to France to defend France they're sailing back into the port of Brest um, to get out and they're going to try and form some defensive lines around that port but the, the Germans break through and overrun France so quickly they don't get a chance to even fight in the Battle of France they actually have to just find any ship they can to get to England and escape.
0: And so, once they do get to England, French formally surrenders, and that leaves the 13th Legion to then, the Legionnaires to decide which side they field with. And it is it is a split decision, isn't it? And half of the unit splits off one way and half goes the other.
1: Yeah, so um, the, fir- the 1st Battalion decides to... Pledge their allegiance to Charles de Gaulle, who's forming what he calls the Free French, Mm -hmm. which will be the French that want to continue the fight. And then the 2nd Battalion um, disbands and and sells to Morocco to become part of the colonial forces under what's called Vichy France, which is um, Bataan's collaborationist uh, government, which signs an accord with the Germans to sort of, they're not allies, I guess, but they're gonna not continue fighting. So some of the Legion go home, to the deserts of North Africa and are accepting of the Vichy government. And then the other half says, no, we're gonna call, we're gonna form the nucleus of the free French going forward. There you go.
0: Well, let's talk about our next foreign legion force, shall we? What do you have for us?
1: Probably history-wise to continue the story chronologically, the best one to do next would be actually swapping sides now and going to the Vichy forces. Mm -hmm. Um, because that'll set the scene for the next campaign to collect, I think would be Syria, which is uh, 1941, and that involves the Allies actually invading a French territory, uh, a Vichy French territory, so this is the, I guess you'd call it the Axis French versus Allies. So this is where it gets complicated because Legionnaires will fight Legionnaires.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. I reading this. I I definitely needed an expert, and that's why I brought you in. Because looking at this, I went, yeah, I'm I'm getting lost.
1: Yeah, it is a little bit. Um, actually, before we get to Syria, really quickly, the 13th Demi Brigade is training up in England and, uh, forming the Free French forces, and they're going to sail around, uh, the bottom of Africa and come up to. Italian East Africa in Eritrea and fight a minor campaign there as well. And then there, after, up from there, they're going to move up to the border of Syria to take part in this invasion. We'll come back to the 13th Demi Brigade later. But the Vichy defenders of Syria, or the Levant, the French Levant, as it was known, they include a um, uh, large mix of colonial forces. So the Foreign Legion only make up some of the troops that garrison Syria. There's also uh, Senegalese tirailleurs, which are it's a term for um infantry units that are recruited from sub-saharan africa so african troops um they usually war affairs mm-hmm. and they get recruited in sub-saharan africa but deployed all over the french colonial empire as as troops and they're known as pretty tough fighters themselves um you got the legionnaires um garrisoning in syria plus a whole bunch of native cavalry and uh just French colonial troops from France itself, um, from the from the navy, and they've actually got a pretty serious amount of firepower in in Vichy France in in Syria with all um, lots of artillery that the French are known for in bolt action with that free artillery piece. And mm-hmm. so there's lots of seventy-five millimeter cannons. Um, they have a lot of light tanks um, and armored cars, and these don't really, you know, they're not very powerful in bolt action or out of context not really things to fear but in this campaign the allies that go and invade syria don't have much in the way of anti-tank weaponry at all right. so they do prove to be quite a large problem these these uh like the the hotchkiss tanks and stuff that in the battle of france just got rolled over in syria they cause problems for the allies actually so if you're collecting a a Vichy french foreign legion force which is you know very interesting topic as well so you're going away from the allied side and collecting a force that you can potentially fight battles against your mates who have British or mm-hmm. um yeah actually just British or American early war American forces so these guys are a, uh, they're a colonial army so the most of the troops um are quite exotic looking you got the Senegalese you got foreign legion mm-hmm. um and all their sort of gear is very odd and weird and very outdated and old really because they're they're the far-flung corners of the french empire all the best tanks and guns and gear is back in the homeland and these guys have like the 1920s and 30s armored cars you know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which which you know on paper sound crap and they probably were really crap in real life but for us hobbyists they're really amazing because they just look so cool the armored cars oh man um the lafley lafley am armored cars Mm -hmm. look them up there's two different ones i think it's the am80 and am50 or something and they've got they're almost like one of them looks like a hot rod dragster covered in armor with a little dalek turret on top yes which has a it rear, does rear so cool and it's got machine guns facing different directions even a rear, rear facing one mm-hmm. which is really funny um and they're just great in the game they're fun they look so cool um there's also uh a, a second armored car which is I, can't remember, I think it's am30 i can't remember but it has like a little 30 millimeter 37 millimeter millimeter anti-tank gun and so you got some light anti-tank in there um plus the the French tanks we've talked about Mm -hmm. and um that so to collect that force you just use the armies of France book that's the standard book and they often operated in things called a battalion de marche which is like a light like on foot like a an infantry unit but it would be expected to march pretty quickly and move move to places to fight like a light infantry force and they'd have a mixture of the senegalese troops and the the legionnaires as like a hardcore to back them up as well so you've got a good excuse to collect a mixed force there um if you wanted to have some senegalese troops alongside your
0: legionnaires and senegalese Um, troops just like the uh, Foreign Legion, uh, unlike Foreign Legion having stubborn, they also have a very handy special rule, which is of mm-hmm. course which you alluded to early earlier, which was tough fighter. So they are regular troops that have tough fighter. So combining the two of those, you can really make a hard as nails bolt action army.
1: Oh, it's great fun. Yeah, that's that's what I played first. And you've got like these stubborn mm-hmm. stubborn veterans you can place on you know to hold objectives or you know complete things. You really need them to hold on for, uh, and then you can use the Senegalese to assault positions or um sort of you know try and deter people from taking areas or moving into moving closer to them Um, you can back them up with these light armored cars which are cheap Mm -hmm. and fun Um, you get your free artillery piece your 75 mil or even 105 mil howitzer i think you're allowed to take um which can be pretty nasty artillery Mm -hmm. and and yeah you can go the light tanks too if you want Um, and then you've got your all your other standard gear. They all they all had you know mortars, machine guns, um, snipers, mm-hmm. the HQ artillery observers. I don't think you can get air observers, um, and I don't know whether you can really take an any tank rifle in theme. Like you, they do, they are in the list, but
0: yeah, I think, I think they're the boy, actually there.
1: Yeah, I don't, I doubt they actually reach the colonies. So, um, but they've got they've got plenty of cool stuff. Um, and miniatures wise, Perry Miniatures makes a, an entire range for the Vichy Syrian campaign. So, you're every troop type, every vehicle, pretty much an artillery piece. They're pretty cool. And they're so good because they're the Perry's. Yeah, so nice. I collected my force before that range existed. So, I think it was about 2014 and 15, I painted mine. And these models are still around. You can go and get yourself Artisan Designs makes a Foreign Legion range. And that's what my armies are made of they're really nice and also for the Senegalese you can go to grippingbeast.com that website in the uk and mm-hmm. there's there's a world war one french collection by woodbine design co and there's some beautiful sculpts like absolutely beautiful sculpts yeah, and they i they have a huge range of um senegalese with their um support weapons as well and i i love those models they're, they look really cool because they're World War 1 range but the colonial gear didn't change much between the wars so it's still quite appropriate for early war Vichy
0: garrison forces exactly um, and war it should be said that warlord also make excellent senegalese models they do um, that's true yeah, yeah. Uh, just in case you're looking beyond warlord there are alternatives no that's true
1: yeah that's yeah since since I did my army the war, yeah, warlord has a has a the squad box for them too, exactly. One thing about Woodbine Design Co. that's really cool too is they make head um, head sprues, like French head sprues. So if you're finding you really want to convert a particular like heavy weapon or officer or something else that's not really in a range that's out there, these guys have just sprues of metal heads that um, scale quite well with Warlord, Artisan, um, that sort of like chunkier heroic look. Um, and they make, you know, of heads with kepis so it's good for the foreign legion uh, a f- screw of heads wearing the adrian style french helmet because they didn't always just wear a white kepi they're probably mostly white helmets to be honest um, which is super useful and also senegalese heads if you want to convert like a senegalese machine gun or mortar out of a normal french one you know they've got it's really useful resource i found
0: That's cool. Yeah, I didn't realize they had such a range of metal heads that you could add to the models. Now, we've mentioned the Kepi hat several times, but if we're talking French Foreign Legion, we should probably explain at least what a Kepi is. It's a particular kind of flat cap that the French Foreign Legion are particularly known for prior to the modern era. These days, I think they're more known for wearing uh, black berets, if I understand it correctly. At least that's The French Foreign Legion, years I saw in real life, were wearing black berets. The kepi, though, um, ironically, I found out, was originally had a cover that everyone assumed was white, but because they were in the desert, it was actually originally a very tan color. It was a very light khaki, but sun bleached very quickly. And because everyone just understood them to be white, they actually became white. And the traditional white kepi is what we traditionally think of the French Foreign Legion having during World War II. Am I understanding that right, Brian?
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of photos, especially once we get back to, we meet up with our old friends, the 13th Demi Brigade, Mm -hmm. when they're in in the Allied forces in North Africa, there's a lot of imagery of the men wearing their white capes in the desert. I mean, they might not have worn them in battle, because these photos would have been staged for film crews and stuff, but they still got them, and they're, they're a source of pride to these guys. That's that's kind of one of their characteristics as a force has got a huge sense of pride in their unit. And um, they've got a motto, which is, uh, I think, the, the Legion is our country. Mm-hmm. So all the Legionnaires stick together. They see it as like a homeland almost in, in itself. So things like their hat and their headgear mean a lot to them. So they'll hold on to them and wear them. And it's just, as a modeler, as a painter, as a hobbyist, it's kind of cool to have that little distinctive look to... Especially in World War II when everything's khaki and helmets, like to have suddenly have these these units with a, a couple of sprinkled in, you know, white white hats. It just mm-hmm. looks a bit odd. You know? It draws attention. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's sort of the uh, the flip side of the coin of the uh, Soviet naval troops who are wearing dark colors. Right, these guys have the little splash of white on their hats. That mm. really does set them apart on the tabletop. I know that whenever I walked by the table when I was watching you play, it was you know very uh, eye-catching to to walk by and go, "Wait, why is there white on the tabletop? Let me come over and take a look at this." Uh, yeah. Which is one of the reasons why, you know, despite being such an elite force, it's why the French Foreign Legion can be so rewarding to collect and paint is that you get that variety and that difference from other forces on the tabletop.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. They look different, they they play different, and they've got a reputation to uphold, and they usually do that. Even if they die, that's it. That's what they're there for. So <laughs> as long as they, they don't run, it's the main thing. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: well, let's talk yeah. about the next conflict, shall we?
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> that's the Vichy Garrison Force, if you want to collect that. Use Army of France, look at Perry Miniatures, look at Warlord, look at Artisan Designs. Also look at, oh, for those, to get your hands on those really exotic and strange colonial armored cars go to mad bob miniatures he's yeah. the only one who makes them um he's got a web store um yeah mad bob miniatures check it out that's where i got mine from their resin casts um beautiful beautiful little kits very yeah, simple they're they're made, for, made for war gamers too
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you're moving on so the forces the legion forces opposing that legion force <laughs> is the 30th Demi brigade so they've they've done a little bit of fighting in italian east africa and now they're on the border of Syria. They invade along with Australian troops, British, Indian, and they're free French. Um, they don't have many heavy weapons or or gear, so they do find that the French tanks they take on, it, they don't have much to stop them with. Um, so they have a lot of trouble with that.
0: Which um, the- is reflective on the on the bolt action tabletop if you've actually yeah. ever played a force with limited. Uh, gear, if <laughs> not having anti-tank uh, assets, all of those tanks that everyone universally bins is crap. The second that f- the, the opposing force doesn't have any proper anti-tank, those quote-unquote crap tanks become very good, uh, right? Because they're usually cheap. And uh, yeah, it can be a really fun and rewarding way to play bolt action to uh, sort of limit what the actual forces have. Um, so you're not just, everyone's running around with 10,000 Panzerfaust, all of a sudden you actually have to give tanks some due, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They become little beasts in context of that, which is great.
1: These, these, the French foreign legion that with the free French end up facing the Vichy foreign legion, which is the sixth regiment, because to give some context, each the foreign legion is, is a legion, but it's broken up into these regiments, which are spread across the globe in France's colonies. So you've got a couple of regiments in, in Algeria, Morocco, you've got one regiment in Syria, another regiment in Indochina. So I think it's the sixth regiment that's in Syria. They face off against um, the Free French in one of the battles and they end up eyeing each other off at the start. when they When they come in contact with each other, they're just not sure what to do so legion, the legion is staring over at the other other legion troops in their fortress defenses and they uh, still try to work out what to do whether they fight or not and um the free french send out a patrol to go probe the vichy fort and see what's going on the vichy legion march out in full parade and take these guys prisoner take the patrol prisoner and that's the signal to kick off the fight so it's a bit of a gesture it's a bit of ceremony say we acknowledge that our fellow legionnaires we've got respect for you but we're still going to fight you oh wow so so they so this is the thing the vichy french um forces in syria do put up a huge fight they're not they're in, they're not expected to they're expected to fold pretty quick and join the allies but they end up putting up quite a bit of fight in the end the vichy forces in the campaign obviously lose like uh, there's a lot of there's a lot more history than this but i think we just got to skip along for bolt action terms right and after the campaign's over the the foreign legionnaires in Syria that were fighting on the Vichy side are given a choice of whether they want to join the Free French or sit it out and go join other garrisons across the legion in North Africa. Because at this point, there's no war in North Africa that's involving them. So half the forces in Syria join the 13th Denver Brigade, which helps them make up all their losses and gives them a third battalion worth of troops now. So they've been reinforced. And the coolest thing for us as bolt action players is they get given... A fleet of about twenty armored cars, um, and they're called a Tanaka or Tanaki, yeah, which is which is French apparently for jack of all trades. And these are these amazing looking. Um, they're like a it's a Dodge truck that's been armored up and has a huge fighting compartment built on the back. So cool. Yeah, has um has got a bunch of machine guns on on pintle mounts and even a big pintle swivel like mini naval gun with a gun shield. Mm. And these were designs and built in Syria as part of their sort of the Vichy garrison um, there. And the the free French foreign legion now get get those and they take them over to North Africa, which is the next big force and one of my favorite forces to collect.
0: That's wild, man. Yeah, and uh, Perry Miniatures makes that, right? If we want Yeah,
1: Perry Miniatures and also JTFM makes it now as well. I think. Oh,
0: do they? Nice.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's I think it's probably one of my favorite World War II vehicles. It just looks so amazing. It's so, so cool. Check it out. Yeah, just just Google it. Dodge Tanaka. It's T-A-N-A-K-E. Yeah, it's great. They, so they, the Free French now get deployed to North Africa to help against, stop against um, the Africa Corps and Rommel. Um, they form a whole brigade now because they've, they've been able to draw a few other Free French forces from across the world to join up. Um, and form a whole brigade together. And the most famous action, and probably what we'll just focus on for now, because there is a, obviously the North Africa campaigns quite large, but the iconic battle for the Legionnaires in North Africa is the Battle of uh, Bir Hakim, or a siege. I guess you'd probably make it as well. The siege, yeah. It's a situation where, yeah, the, um, the British and allies have created a huge fortified line from the Mediterranean Sea all the way down to I think it's like I can't remember what the name of it is. It's some sort of wasteland where the the tanks and the troops can't really get around very easily. Um, it's called the Gazala Line, and it's a line of fortresses that sort of can see each other or at least support each other. And Rommel knows he has to break through that to get to Egypt. And the Allies place the French on the extreme flank in the deep desert, the very end of the line, at a place called an old uh, Turkish fortress called Bir Hakim. Um, and the French know they've got to prove themselves because the spotlights on them, um, you know, France has fallen. They're not got a great reputation at the moment, um, and the Legionnaires especially want to prove themselves and show they can fight. So, um, what ends up happening is there's a, a three-month lull where the Legionnaires and the other French troops in the garrison are able to fortify this desert fort and build trenches and minefields and set up their artillery. Um, they pretty much know they're going to get hit they're on the very end like and you know if, if you're going to try and maneuver around this big fortified line someone's going to come and try and flank um especially if it's rommel yeah so rommel and the Itali- rommel actually sends the italians first he sends the Ariat ariati division mm-hmm. their famous tank division at them um and the legionnaires have to hold them off with their 75 mil guns and any tank rifles and such Um, they've still got those cool armored cars the dodge armored cars running around they've been using those to patrol and send out raids from that fortress for a few months while they wait for the attack they've also got a bunch of i don't know how to pronounce it is it a porté, where you have like an artillery piece on the back truck bed of a and it like faces backwards Mm -hmm. so they've got all these improvised sort of truck mounted cannons and any, any, aircraft guns and lots of brand carriers with all sorts of any tank guns bolted on and stuff. They got a real array of weird and wonderful gear. Cause they just had to make do like they're kind mm-hmm. of this, you know, they're a foreign force within the ally, within the eighth army. They're not, they're not British. They're just getting given bits and pieces and they're trying to make do, um, which is cool. So as a modeler, you get to collect some, again, some interesting vehicles to go with your Legionnaires.
0: Yeah. You're not just painting another, another Sherman. Or, yeah, exactly. or another steward it's something completely different
1: yeah and if you want to see some examples of photos of these and models of these um if you go to the if you just search um first free french brigade pdf bolt action it'll take you to the warlord games website and there's a pdf that um myself and a couple of guys put together which has a lot of imagery and it was like an, a, an unofficial rule set we wrote for this this force like a little selector and that helps you see and understand what these things were Um, What
0: was the search term for that? Just so we can find it again.
1: If you go, you just type in free French brigade, bolt action PDF. It'll, it'll take you straight to Warlord. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this is, this is probably my favorite foreign Legion force. This is super iconic. They're in the desert. So they're in their element. Um, They're mostly wearing like British desert gear. So shorts and the webbing and stuff from them, but they've got their kepi on or a French helmet. Mm -hmm. You can make them up using either the Artisan Designs range or now that Warlord Games has the plastic 8th Army art, I would recommend grabbing those and getting some heads with keppies on and mixing them in. Um Possibly from get,
0: Word, was it? Uh, yeah, Woodbine. A Woodbine Design Code. Exactly. Yeah,
1: or even there's probably some better ones out now. Like I think you can get some 3D printed ones or even like I think it's Puppet War or there's a few like sort of sci-fi resin headsets which are just you know french living heads with mustaches and these kepi hats they're quite simple use paint and white so you could mix them on that'd be cool uh and then yeah the dodge armored cars lots of brand carriers i've got I think i've got yeah three brand three brand carriers in my army which are really cool to use because it gives you some mobility finally um and these porty trucks with their 75 mm guns on them are, they're pretty useful for having some anti-tank
0: Exactly. Um, and yeah, they're great modeling opportunities, because both of those are open-topped vehicles. So it really does allow you to add both interesting crewmen and interesting uh, stowage and, and gear uh, thrown in Yeah, exactly. As well.
1: Yeah, and they've got like all these French, um, the French name all their vehicles with really cool, mm-hmm. um, you give every vehicle a name. So you can look in there, you can see the black and white photos, they've all got names written on the side, so you can go do those in French. French symbols, the cross of Lorraine, which is the Free French symbol, uh, the French flag. Like it just adds this little bit of splashes of color and interest to otherwise drab vehicles. Um, yeah, it's a really it's a really fun force, and the, this one actually made it into an official supplement. So if you get the Western Desert Campaign book for Bolt Action, it's got the Free French army list in there with the special rules and the history. Um, and these guys are really tough. So not only are you have you got your legionnaires who are already stubborn. There's a theater select a uh, special rule for them called fighting french because this is where they prove themselves that they hold out for two weeks against the weight of the axis forces in this siege and they get to re-roll unsuccessful morale checks oof yeah so if you've got legionnaires in this force not only are they rolling on 10 unmodified 10 they'll get to re-roll it if they fail so it's very they're, they're very hard to shift
0: they're not going anywhere
1: no, <laughs> they might not, they might not do a lot of damage or be very like, you know, great in combat or anything, but they're just not going to go anywhere. <laughs> so exactly. Well, really they are fun.
0: veteran troops, right? So uh, yeah. if they get assaulted, they're not all that hard. I mean, they're not all that easy to shift.
1: Yeah, true. This, this siege is incredible. I recommend checking out, um, just go online, look up Bia Hakim and read the full story. It's pretty, it's, it's like a two week saga where they're just holding out against wave after wave of Axis forces or it's Italian Armored units or the the africa corps and rommel himself turn up later um they get they basically get down to the point where they run out of ammunition though and they have to pull out yeah so after 15 days fighting the guys uh the the french garrison there was down to i think they only had 22 shells left on their cannons and, and not much ammunition in general so uh the commander decided to they pull out at night. So. They were surrounded. So the plan was to all to lead a column of Brent with Bren carriers and trucks and try and blast their way out of the encircling German lines in the night and escape into the desert. So they did that actually successfully, um, which is pretty another cool reason to have Bren carriers in your army. Yeah. Um, you can represent that that force fighting its way out of the encirclement. Um, yeah, and I think about about 2,600 guys got out out of the 3,700 who were fighting them there, which is pretty successful. But they had held up their Axis forces and stopped their flanking maneuver for long enough to allow the Allied forces to fall back to El Alamein, um, which was the next big battle that was to come. So, although that was a defeat, they held them off long enough. Um, and yeah, can't recommend this force enough. It's really fun to play. You get a good mix of troops you can also have senegalese again and some other regular colonial french forces who are there as well as all the wacky armored cars and vehicles Mm -hmm. um and they're very very hard to shift so you can find that you can find that in the western desert campaign book that army list and then from there um the 13th demi brigade goes on i think to fight in italy and france itself um i haven't followed on further with my miniatures and history reading for that but you can check out where they go after that i'm pretty sure they end up I think possibly is an armoured force um, equipped with Shermans or half tracks by the Americans. But I haven't covered that in my research yet, so I can't really talk about it. The other really minor and obscure foreign legion force you could collect, which I think is a bit of fun too, is from, from the Pacific theatre, mm-hmm. where the French Empire had their Indochina colonies. And they stationed the 5th Regiment of the foreign legion there in Tonkin in the north. And... This is a very very limited force. I think you can really only field the foreign legion squads, the basic basic heavy weapons that they'd have at the time, like the machine guns and mortars, and then I think the vehicles will be limited to two three vehicles. There's the FT seventeen tank, the World War One two man tank, Um, and also the I think it's one of the Lafly AM thirty. I think armored car. It's a very obsolete armored car, and then the ammunition carrier. I can't remember what it's called. It's like that little low slung mm-hmm. vehicle with the two little pods that the guys sit in.
0: Yep. I have I actually have one of those in my German forces with a Yeah, uh...
1: yeah. So you can have one of those, but yeah. it's a very limited force. But um the history is that the legionnaires at a station there are caught in a very weird situation because France falls, they're cut it off. They do declare for the Vichy regime, so they are pro Axis to a degree the Japanese invade Malaya and then want to take um, Indochina too. And because they're an Axis force, they negotiate a takeover of, of all the French colony of Indochina without a fight. Um, so the French foreign legion, that are stationed there basically have to sit it out for a few years and let the Japanese take over the territory they're guarding usually. And then after D-Day, the Japanese are very worried about the French flipping or changing sides in that colony. So they organise a coup and try and wipe out the French garrison in March 1945. And so the Foreign Legion there are obviously in a very precarious position. They're completely cut off from the homeland. They've got no support. And there's tens of thousands of Japanese troops coming for them. So they end up forming a column and trying to march all the way through the jungle to China and escape. So there's like a a 93-day wow march that these guys undertake i think there's a few thousand legionnaires start the march and and fight their way through the jungle like a rearguard action trying to escape and they eventually reach allied lines in china but there's only about 500 of them left but that's sort of a force you could collect if you wanted to if your friend has a japanese force for Mm -hmm. instance or i mean you could use the same models you've used for the vichy forces in syria or north africa like i have actually played a couple of games on a jungle table just using the infantry squads of the Legionnaires I've got and those appropriate vehicles, and you instantly have a a whole other theater you could play in. It's a pretty tricky force to use. There isn't much that you've got, but it's fun.
0: Well, the good news is, uh, as far as Japanese armor, as a very uh, experienced Japanese player, (laughs) Japanese armor isn't exactly uh, the cutting edge of late-war anti-tank capability anyway. So if you want to have one of those light tank slap-offs, between uh, an FT17 and oh, I don't know, a uh, a Type 89, uh, you could definitely <laughs> do that. The ego is not uh, is not necessarily uh, the the cutting edge of technology either. No one ever accused either of those designs as being the best, uh, both no, in both action true. or in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not going to be
1: it's not going to be, be one sided game. It's a lot of fun, and yeah, like I said, you can use those same models for. A, other other campaigns um that whole yeah whole early war phase and
0: anything fighting in the colonies you can pretty much use those foreign legion troops for that and that would make for really interesting gaming because both sides want i mean on the french side you would have the stubborn troops and you would Mm. have minimal submachine guns because that's just not what the the entry has um, Mm. because they are using a lot of sort of pre-war early war gear but then on the japanese side the japanese weren't running everywhere with a million submachine guns either. Um, they were also running with gear that was largely designed the early part of the war, if not pre-war. So the the national rules, uh, or actually the rules for each nation wouldn't, or each unit, I should say, would be very similar, and the gear would be similar. So you could have, even though it's uh, later on in the war, uh, you could definitely have some really cool themed games about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I've had a few, a few great games with that, with um, an old friend of the cast, Luke Emerson. We had some very memorable memorable games in that campaign, playing like a fighting withdrawal, that was fun. Um, and yeah, there's no extra investment if you're collecting that force for Syria or early North Africa, like the torch landings we didn't really talk about, but the Americans landing in North Africa um, during Operation Torch um, against the Vichy French in Morocco and Algeria, you can use these same models because the Legion is equipped the same with their pre-war gear right across the colonies. So any of these colonial campaigns, you could use the same models really. Um, if you base them up, even in a sort of a generic slightly you know, light, like a light Brown, which is some, some basic rocks and tufts, you don't have to go full jungle bases or you don't have to go full desert bases this way. You could use those models for any of these games I reckon. That's awesome, man. That's awesome.
0: Well, Brian, I think uh, you have really helped us out to better understand the French Foreign Legion today. Now, I think you and I have both said off air that, you know, it would have been, been very hard to uh, g- get into all the details. You could almost do an entire podcast in and of itself uh, of full episodes about history Uh, And, you know, just the customs of the the French Foreign Legion, because what they really do is take people, adventurers, uh, despicable types, criminals, soldiers who are fleeing their nations, if their nations had, uh, in World War II's case anyway, you know, surrendered and or they just wanted a fresh start, putting all of these people in one place, and then putting them through the Legion's really rigorous indoctrination process, which you know, turns them into that elite force that sort of prides itself over a nation. Because legionnaires don't pledge themselves to France. They pledge themselves to the Legion, which is really unconventional in the modern era. Uh, And so to, to really get into all of that would be, you know, you could go on for hours... But this is just a light scraping along the top. To, if you are interested in the French Foreign Legion, gives you a place to start. Now, I will be putting a lot of links from uh, for Brian's armies and the PDF he mentioned earlier on the Cast Ice Facebook page this week as I post this. So if you have any questions, uh, please post along with those, and I'll forward them on to Brian if he doesn't already see them. But guys, this is awesome. Brian, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, do you have any other resources that you want to pass on or anything else that you want to mention with the French Foreign Legion before our time comes to a close today, sir?
1: Um, yeah, you can always check out the Foreign Legion website themselves. Oh, wow. <laughs> they, they, they've got a cool um, history section where they, they have each regiment numbered and its history. And you can just, it's just bullet pointed and it's by a year and it gives you some basic info on what battles they fought in and campaigns and some photos. Um, so for instance, if you want to hear, read about that 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 sort of death march in Indochina against the Japanese, that's that's on foreignlegion.info and then the forward slash the units of the fifth foreign regiment. So there's some real basic stuff there to start with, um, which is which is cool. Um, but yeah, mainly just check out. Um there's there there'll be so many books out there. So many books.
0: Yeah. Just
1: I don't know, man, where to even start. There's just so much written about them. It's just one of those forces that the everyone's a bit obsessed about because it's just so there's a lot of myths around them. I mean. So it's, it's quite fascinating. There'll be a lot of resources out there.
0: And if you are looking for, and though the, there were a lot of Foreign Legion units that fought as part of the Free French Forces, if you're looking to actually play the French Foreign Legion, you will absolutely need the armies of France and its allies rather than the campaign Battle of the Bulge list. That is a more generic Free French list, and there are some very specific units in there, yes, but there is not a specific... Uh, French Foreign Legion uh, unit entry in that list, I know because I just looked um, when I was doing the research for this and I actually had to go back to the mm. armies of France and the Allies, but because the Foreign Legion was often on the far-flung edges of the Empire because of the political issues that we talked about earlier in the episode, they actually were using earlier war and interwar gear for the most part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah the two main bo- The two main books is to get armies of France and then Campaign Western Desert. And that's 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 great because that list is uh, a bit more versatile, has a bit more gear for them, and it's fighting one of the most iconic battles that the Legion fought in the whole war. So it's definitely one I can't recommend enough.
0: Nice. Well, Brian, thank you again for taking the time, man. I know the scheduling's wild during the uh, COVID era, but it, this has been awesome. This is exactly what you know I was hoping we would uh, be able to talk about today. And you have done it in, uh, in in great depth while still being accessible for uh, the layman like me. So thank you. No worries. Anytime, mate. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to Cast Ice. I know we've had a lot of requests for bolt action content. I hope this helps, and we hope to do more again soon. Uh, If you have any suggestions or ideas or you like what you heard today, please reach out to the Cast Dice Facebook page, C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E. My name is Brad. Hi. Uh, You are guaranteed a response by me if you message the page. Please keep in mind that I am in Australia, so if you are writing from different parts of the world, it might take me a little bit of time to reply, but you are guaranteed a response. And I think that just leaves us what what our old buddy Casey always says, and that is... When you are playing the games that we know and love, I hope your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are cold. But more than anything else, we at Cast Dice hope that you are having fun. Stay safe out there, guys. Good night.